VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What's your favorite scary movie? Oh, come on. You know I don't watch that shit. Why not? Too scared. No. No, it's just, what's the point? They're all the same. Some stupid killer stalking some big-breasted girl who can't act who's always running up the stairs when she should be going out the front door. It's insulting. Hello! And welcome to episode 57. This is the ASMR mm. Kim and Kat Stay Alive podcast. <laughs> Here, we'll take a shot. Cheers. Right into the, right into the Listen thing. Listen to us drink. <laughs> there are some people that fucking hate ASMR and they were all just like, goodbye. Hello. <laughs> Hello. This is Kim and Cat Stay Alive. Maybe. We're a horror movie comedy podcast. And uh, we're going to tell you the entirety of a plot of a movie. And spoil the whole thing. Yeah, and at different points, I'm going to ask Ms. Burns. I'm sorry, I'm still over-salivating from that shot. I'm going to ask Ms. Burns how she would stay alive. Her. Her. <laughs> is ASMR. that even what it is? I don't know, like, I don't know what it sounds like. Really. No, that ASMR. is what it is. There's this one sounds chick. of like life. Yeah, well, and people's and like bodies. <laughs> yeah, like there's this one chick, Lilium, and I have been falling asleep to her because there are some people that get an actual like tingle at the back of their neck when they hear certain sounds. I don't get that. Eric does, like a good tingle. Yes, a good tingle. Yeah, I don't, like I don't to the point where like, I'm always like ew. Oh yeah, so to the point, I just find it pleasant, but I don't get a tingle. But to the point that like before there was. ASMR YouTube videos and things like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Eric would sometimes enjoy listening to telemarketers because it gave him a tingle in the back of his neck. What exactly is the AS? Okay, well, what what's the sound that gives the tingle? I mean, I know it's different for different people, but like it's literally like a chewing thing. Like that is one of it's them. It's right? a chewing thing. So like p- the sound of chewing pickles is a big one. But then there's also like okay, so this chick Lilium, she talks like this. Hello, this is Lilium. And like she just makes it so that every sound that her mouth makes is very intentional and you can hear it in the mic. So like she probably wouldn't have this like right, sound, like sound buffer. buffer. Uh, that's so interesting because when one of my managers at one point was trying to get me to do some voiceovers, like she would be like, oh, you can just like record it on your phone, like this like quick audition thing or something. And she'd be like, eat an apple or something first because I can like hear the sounds of your mouth. Yeah. And I was like. Okay, I mean, yeah. I don't know how to get rid of the sounds from my mouth. That's so, you should listen to this chick, Lilium, just to like hear what people are hearing because it's very distinct. And I don't even know how she does some of it. She just knows how to make 
the parting of her teeth and the parting of her lips and the movement of her tongue make a sound that's just very soothing and like just in trying it out it's I don't know delightful. if it's actually soothing or like it, to me, it's creeping me out more. Like I'm like, mm. I need, I think I need to like ease into the soothe or something. Like I feel more anxiety about it than I do soothe. I which is interesting. don't disagree with that's you. That's what some people say about meditation. But, yeah. Well, I, that's because they don't understand what meditation is. But. Right. But I heard <laughs> it because Eric was listening to it and I was annoyed initially. Yeah. But then I like was in a place where I was like, he needs to listen to this to fall asleep right, tonight. Right, right. So like I need to get into it. And so I really just tried to like kind of listen and watching her mouth move made it my friend Megan who was on the set of Lucky yeah. um she has an ASMR horror short shut up uh, that Brea is in actually um and Megan is the one that like we did that uh student film together like okay. 10 fucking years ago or whatever yeah um and uh it, it's with uh, what's her group called uh it's like a group of like female um directors called Fatale Collective okay I hope that's how I'm saying it F-A-T-A-L-E Fatale yeah like yeah them Fatale uh, yeah. yeah 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 um so they have like a combination I think of shorts that um I know is like out at festivals and oh, stuff right so now so but she has an we'll ASMR yeah hers is ASMR like based so it's very like she was talking about what? creating it and she had to like hire someone to like that's fucking kind of like crazy. teach her like what to do or whatever I don't know it was very it was, it was interesting hearing her talk about it I mean so, the closest thing I have to ask her what it's called yeah the closest thing I can think of of like what other people are experiencing to the nth degree is when I used to wear like little black patent leather shoes and like my white tights as like, I'm talking like three, four, five years old. Uh-huh. There was a certain type of patent leather shoe when you walked on a certain type of cement or asphalt that made a very pleasing sound to me. And so I remember trying to say to my parents, if I liked a shoe or didn't like a shoe being like, it doesn't make the right click. And my parents were like, what the fuck are you? <laughs> like, I was already a creepy kid. And then I'm like, yeah. I can't wear these shoes. They don't have the right click. Oh, and they're like, God. You, my child is haunted. Creepy, crap back kid. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> creepy, crap back kid. <laughs> we said that forever. What episode Aww. was that from? <laughs> that was from Ouija. Origin of evil. You creepy crap back. Maybe that's why I'm so sensitive to creepy crap bag kids. Because I, I myself was one. You were. I was. Um, speaking of creeps, I have a movie to tell you. Great. Uh, I based this movie, The Choice, solely on stumbling across the tagline on Twitter. Interesting. Because it was the best fucking tagline I've ever heard in my life. Oh. And that was all I knew about it. Fun. It's a movie from the 80s. And it's called Night of the Creeps. And the tagline is, Good news is your dates are here. Bad news is they're dead. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, you tagged me because my ghost yes. boyfriend. <laughs> I just loved it so much. So I was like, I'm gonna fucking watch this shit. And I, you know how I am judgmental to the point of I need to work through it in therapy because it's mostly judging myself, but it comes out on other people for sure. Oh, you're so sweet. Say it think- again. I'm pretty judgmental. I'm just not following. Oh, yeah. You're projecting like your own judgments. Exactly. Other, yeah. yeah. So when I started watching this, I was... So you're judgmental of yourself, which makes you judgmental on other exactly. people. Exactly. Right? I was very judgmental of this movie in the first like 
scene or whatever. Right. So then I ended up being like very pleasantly surprised by the end of it. I mean, it's still like garbage, but it's like, (laughs) it's like great garbage. It's delightful garbage. (laughs) I love delightful garbage. It's it's awesome. Find it often in my life. I tend to seek it out. <laughs> delightful tend garbage. To just really draw in delightful garbage <laughs> into my life. Often. Don't we all? All right. So, are you ready for this? <laughs> yeah. So, hold on. Okay. So, we have an interesting uh, little thing that we're going to do in addition to our dead or our lives. Oh, fun. Okay. Okay. You are first going to pick ending one or ending <gasps> two. Ooh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Like which happens? Yeah. But I have to say it from the beginning? So, okay. I'm going to tell you both you endings. You know I can't just fuck. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm going to tell you both endings. But there is a dead or alive that corresponds to one ending or the other. So your point, you'll pick an ending okay, okay. and then your dead or alive's will be tallied based on the ending you pick. Great. Yeah. Love it. All right. So ending one or ending two? I want to get to hear it. Is a pick? Mm-hmm. Two. Okay. Dead or alive. Chris, who I in the beginning referred to as dork one. Alive. Uh, JC, who I initially referred to as dork two. Dead. Detective Cameron. Alive. Bruni, as in brunette, and who I later learned her name is Cynthia. Alive. Uh, frat Brad. P- dead. 50s chick. Alive. 50s guy. Alive. Scientist. Alive. All right. <laughs> Kedron's like erasing things. I don't know what's happening on her piece of paper right now. <laughs> well, because I had two different endings listed out. So I just want to make sure that I this don't. This makes it very exciting. I feel like we're in a out. choose your own adventure, which is actually what our podcast it's is based on. What so, it is. But it's yeah. like even more so. I know. I'm very excited about very it. Ex- that's literally like was my idea. I was like, what if we do a choose your own choose adventure? Your, well, you got it, girl. 50, is, 57 episodes later, and I granted I your mean, request. It's literally what we do <laughs> of being like, what would you do? Yeah. Okay. Here we go. We open on a spaceship in space. <laughs> a spaceship in space. Okay. As opposed to like a spaceship. For sure. On, on Earth. Earth. Yeah. That isn't supposed to be there. This spaceship is where it's supposed to be, which is in space. And it's homeland. And there are some pretty angry et looking aliens running around with little alien guns i would say they i literally wrote angry ets because they have an et vibe to them but like with legs okay but like their head shape they could be like the planetary cousins of et did et have legs he had only feet he was always like yeah yeah yeah. he had only big feet yeah it was just feet attached to a torso Yeah, Yeah. so it would be like if there were legs between ET's torso and feet. Okay, that's this is like the same time period, kind of. It is, yeah. So, so anyway, angry ETs with guns, with with little space guns, little laser guns, and they're chasing something like through their spaceship, and they're mad about it, and they're like trying to get it right. Right. And we see their speech in written in like alien and then underneath the translation so it's like that experiment must not must not get off this ship Mm. guess what 
it gets off the ship. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we just see it flying through space. Uh-oh. <laughs> Cut to Sorority Row 1959. Oh, shit. 1959. I feel like I don't see that that much. We're in the straight up black and white right now. I like I feel like you don't see the like the fifties of sorority row. Like tell me about it. It's, I know I don't know. Well, well we kind Are of we we're sock in hopping? It. We're sock hopping. We're ponytails. Cute. We're uh lots of uh, you know, sweater vests yes. for boys. Okay. Uh we have a and lot of like pointy boobs. And, and skirts and like long sweaters with pointy boobs. Yep. That's exactly. Basically like it. it's it's uh well I guess I guess Uncommon Women and Others was based in the seventies, no? I think it was based in the 70s. But then did we flash? We had flashback, though. We were in this play. We're fucking assholes. (laughs) I mean, it was a thousand years ago. It was a thousand years ago. Um, But it's it's that kind of cultural vibe. But the the fashion might be a little different. Okay. So we, uh, black and white, we hear some, you know, bebop songs and things like that. And it's college time. There's a bunch of 50s frat brothers and and sorority chicks and we hear uh in a guy's car who's driving down the street to pick up one of his uh one of his ladies from the sorority the radio's on and all we hear is apb from the asylum click like he turns it off and i'm like bitch you gotta listen to apbs okay all points it's on his on his car radio on his regular radio yeah so like he's driving down the street listening to the radio and there's like but like an alert did, did apbs go out in the the 1950s I, to, to the radio station well how else would they go out i mean to the is he a cop no it's that's like, what's weird but because they're saying all points bulletin to like because it's also did not we coming figure out that it was all points bulletin isn't it something it, else no, no no it is all points bulletin we thought it was all police be here now or no, we, we thought it was a bulletin we thought it was all police, police bulletin, bulletin probably. but it's all points bulletin no and this also isn't coming from a police station <laughs> it's coming from a, a, a insane asylum so they're saying like the insane asylum is okay. just informed citizens all points bulletin right, right, that right. turning it off i'm trying to get laid right don't That's, ruin the mood right course so now we're in a sorority house we're still black and white and there's a girl talking on the phone and she's like he's so dreamy and uh she's like oh Buffy you're behind the times they broke up oh come on he's a cop he has no future wake up and smell the coffee Buffy and then it pans over to a blonde girl who like based on the way the shots laid out we realized that the girl on the phone is talking to Buffy about this girl that the camera just panned over okay, to right, right, right. as They're like this is the girl this yeah check. this is the girl that broke up with with the cop with the cop and the girl that's being discussed like doesn't care like she's like yeah I dumped his ass when I'm just like okay we get it just a little exposition there that I thought was delivered well like for a trash movie i felt like it was delivered well so like it very quick yeah so cool bebop guy that turned the radio off he's now throwing rocks at the he's 1950s cute which is not my thing he's too well quaffed he's too shaven 
Oh, he's, he's like too... sweater cute. I keep thinking of greaser. Cute. No, 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 oh. no, no. He's in college. So like p- boys that went to college were like. He's like khakis and sweater. Yes. Oh, like no. everyone that oh. I went to high school with. But in the 1950s. In my brain, the 1950s boys are all like greasers. No, no, and no, no, like, no, no. No, those boys Give didn't go to college. Fucking like pony boy. I hear you. No, those boys didn't jackets. go to college because there were no colleges on that side of the tracks, Kim. That's my track. I know. My side of the tracks. We're on my side of the tracks. Okay. Fuck. <laughs> God damn it. Fine. So um, Blondie comes to the window. I'm so sorry, but every sound I make now is ASMR in you. I know. Like, I get your. <laughs> This is a side note, but Ketrin made us a delightful drink today where she chopped up fruit, fresh fruit. I know. And put it into some white claw, some plain white claw, which apparently exists. Yeah. Not unflavored white claw. And it's just delicious. It's so good. There's dragon egg, which we have. That's a fruit, you guys. Yeah. It's a type of plum. It's called dragon egg. It's delicious. But I started like sitting here drinking something. I was like, just eating the fruit like on the side. And I was just (laughs) like, like, I I should move my face away from this microphone (laughs) to not ASMR it. And then I like opened up my kombucha and it was like, (laughs) well, you've seen that commercial with Zoe Kravitz where she like opens a beer. (laughs) She like opens a beer and like holds it up to the to the microphone and like clinks it with her nails have you seen that i have not no okay like asmr is like a thing now i think it's because people have access to like good microphones you could only stumble upon that tingle feeling before but it's like it's a thing that very people intrigued have. by this quote-unquote tingle feeling have, i didn't know that Eric. the tingle feeling was a thing i thought it was just like oh people find this soothing or it's like a kinky thing no it's an actual like, like sensation a- on the back of your neck I want it. it. I know. Someone send it. Someone direct send me. Send you the tinkle. The tinkle. I want the tingle. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got us off track I so know. far, but I, I was just trying to avoid well, chewing my fruit into the microphone. Well, what's funny is I've been aware of our ASMR potential <laughs> or downfall since the very beginning because the last time we saw Mitch from Wayland. Oh, Wayland, the band. He's a singer in a band. Yeah. That the last time we saw when him. we were <laughs> when we first moved to LA, like our best friends were like these fucking dudes oh, in bands, and we just they. I mean, they saved drank our lives, a lot and ran across cars to Dodgers. Games. It was just oh my god, the roofs it was the of cars. But I guess Mitch has. I think what he said. We were drunk, obviously. He is the opposite. Ooh, of also intrigued. Eric, Tell me more. Where he like can't handle the sound of chew a That's lot of where i'm feeling more towards it, i so it's I, feeling more yucky to me i think i think that that's where mitch lives okay but he started listening to our podcast like from the very beginning which is Aww. so cute hi mitch thank you hi if you're listening uh but i think what he was saying was like we did a good job of like not making him want to vomit from the noise right from the sound the sound of our mouth right I pieces yes I think that's what he was saying so like from that conversation I've been constantly aware (laughs) of that where I'm like am I gonna make Mitch throw up right now like are we (laughs) so yeah guys we're an ASMR uh I'm gonna learn about it we will be it's yeah let's just start another fucking podcast where we just like make mouth sounds that would be really fun because I've also I mean for years we've talked about my hand Right. Uh, website. Now you can have hand and mouth career. It sounds like <laughs> hand and mouth disease. 
You can have a hand and mouth career. If anyone would love to see hands, if anyone has a hand fetish, I want to see them do weird oh, things. Like I'm not even sounds. weird things, but like maybe just, like, like just make a pickle just hold while things. you eat it. While you eat the pickle, I would do it. Right. My original hand modeling agent also had me as a lip modeling agent or Rip, lip oh. modeling agent also had me as a lip model too she was I like i want you to find people with good lips so she's like you she's like your lips are great too we'll do a picture that includes them just in case they want lips so you like had so, to put your hand up to your mouth no i don't remember what it was but it was like included like next to them somehow in a pretty fucking dumb yeah. way Ooh, LA I, is weird, you guys. LA is super weird. So I'm a, technically I'm a hand and lip model. That, you know what I mean? That very but, same um, agent, everyone, when she came to our bonkers McGee. Yeah, when she came to our apartment, banging on my door at 11 oh, p.m., looking for my roommate Lunatic. named Kim Burns. But you guys, I'm not exaggerating. Drove to my home and banged on my door, looking for my roommate <laughs> in From her, her very fancy house in Beverly. Hills. Yeah, in her rage. She found the time to examine my feet and tell me she'd like to represent me as a foot oh, model. I forgot about that part. <laughs> she was so angry and then literally went, side note, have you ever considered foot modeling? <laughs> <laughs> that bitch worked. Uh, I mean, she, she worked. worked. So what I'm saying is our video will be Kim and I both talking into microphones, Kim holding a pickle with her hands and me holding a pickle with, with my your feet. feet. <laughs> So if anyone would like to pay for that. Yeah. Which we'll I do mean, it. Here we go. Here we come. Millions of dollars. That? <laughs> I really got KB touches stuff.com. Right? Yep. We've been talking about that for years. I, can I finish my fucking movie? <laughs> oh, I forgot we were doing I this. Forgot Are we, we not just sitting here talking? Yeah. Okay. So I'm just eating fruit out of a jar right now. I, you're doing it on purpose now. You're like, I'm going to get that ASMR dollar. <laughs> okay. So. Okay, Bebop guy. Okay, Bebop 50s guy throwing rocks at Blondie's window. So she goes to the window. Cut to they go to the place where all the couples go to park. Okay. Right. But it's the 1950s, so they don't like make out. They're literally just cuddling cheek to cheek. <laughs> like, have you ever like cuddled just like cheek to cheek? Like just holding each other's cheeks <laughs> together. Yeah. I don't, I mean. You know what, Catherine, I've done a lot of things in my life. <laughs> Never And that. I want to say no, but it sounds like probably I yes. Know. I'm I gonna mean, try that knowing with, me, probably yes. I'm going to try that with Eric tonight. I'm going to be like, do you want to just hold our cheeks together? I get real weird and sentimental goes. sometimes. <laughs> I can see you holding your cheek to someone. I know. So 1950s parking, holding their cheeks together. Now uh, a cop comes up to their car and is like, Hey, you you guys got to clear out of here because of that APB that came out, right? Then he oh, right. shines the f- flashlight in their face, mm-hmm. and we see some recognition. <gasps> the cop looks at the girl. <gasps> the girl looks at the cop. Oh, and the cop is dumbfounded. <gasps> and Blondie is just like, "Hello, whatever your name is, right?" Let's she say Mike. I don't the cop. Yeah. And the boyfriend who's in the car is like, "Who's that?" And she's like, someone from my past. Mm. The cop basically is just like, just just get home. Like, he's clearly upset by the whole interaction. It's like, right. you, just, you just need to get home. Now, the cop walks away and we see meteor crashing through the sky. And I'm like, am I watching Killer Clowns? I know, I forgot about this aliens. This is like <laughs> almost beat for beat Killer Clowns. 
Was this made? Wait, what year were they? Nineteen eighty-six was cre- was this movie? I don't remember when Killer Clowns was made. I, I, it's timeless, really. <laughs> so I don't know. But I'm like, this is almost shot for shot Killer Clowns, even to the point where the boy is like, "Let's go speed after it. Let's go find where it landed." She doesn't want to go. He, they pull up to like where they think it landed in the woods, and there's a circus tent. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> He wants to go investigate. She t- uh, and tells her to like stay put in the car. And this is the 1950s, remind you. And she literally looks at him and goes, you're kidding, right? And I'm yes, like, yes, queen. Bitch, okay. But then she goes back into 1950s mode oh. because like she does stay there. Because she, right. Kim, she's a woman in the 1950s. I was like, ahead so you have of her to time. Listen. I know. She's ahead of her time. She's She wants to be out of her time so badly. So now the dude is walking through the woods by himself with a flashlight. And she now turns the radio on. And we hear that that APB again. And we hear what it is. 35-year-old escapee killed four orderlies moving west towards Corman University. She turns on the headlights of the car because there's a sign in front of her. But she can't see it. Turns it on. And it says, this way to Corman University. And Uh-oh. she's like, fack. Fackety, fack, fack. So then we just hear her go, Johnny, kind of like you trying to like hail a waitress <laughs> in a restaurant, like far too quietly, because I'm just like, he's in the woods, like use your voice, like get on your voice, Johnny, like yell it, get what his if, attention. What if the guy here, what if the escaped guy hears you? I, I mean, you got to take, what do you, but he's also going to see you in the car. You got to take your chances, Kim. You got to weigh your options. And I I'm say, scared. so she keeps yelling like really quietly and she's like, can we go back to the point? And then she goes, I'll even let you fondle my breasts. <laughs> Whoa. Like, Use whatever you got in your tool bag. Yes, girl. You know? And so as They're gonna she's. going to get crazy. Yeah. Fondle my breasts. Fondle my, my breasts. And like touch my cheek to your cheek. Hey. Ooh. As she's saying this, we see someone approaching the no. car. No. Holding an axe. Uh oh. Cut to Johnny in the woods inspecting what fell from the sky. And it looks like a giant canister that fell from the sky. It looks very similar to the thing that we saw shot out of the spaceship in the beginning scene. Right. He's looking down at it into the hole and all of a sudden something shoots him into the face. We shoots don't, him into the face. We don't know what it is. Like that's why I'm saying shoots into his face or shoots, shoots him him into the face. Shoots him into the shoots him in the face <laughs> or shoots into his face. Shoots him in the face or shoots into his face. We okay. can't tell. Or it didn't sh- shoot him shoots, into the face. It shoots him him his whole body into his face. Great. It shoots himself into himself. Great. And uh, so we're like, fuck, like what's going on out here? Like I've got alien things happening, but then I've also got this escaped asylum with an axe out by the car back to the car asylum guy it's the asylum guy because we can tell from his hospital gown starts fucking axing this bitch up (gasps) no 50s chick no is axed she was ahead of her time she was well now she's behind she died too young she did can we talk about when I lived in college next to an insane asylum? Yeah, Shepherd Pratt. Shepherd Pratt. One of which the most is asylums. Where it's what um what you call it is based on Silence of the Lambs. It's where Silence of the Lamb is based and also uh 
fun side note. Uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald's wife, Zelda, Zelda, lived there right. for a time. She lived at the same time as my great-grandmother was also right. in Shepherd's Pratt. And because my great-grandmother was also crazy. Uh, and or ahead of her time. And or ahead. No, she was straight cray-cray. <laughs> she was like straight cray-cray. But maybe she could have been ahead of her time if she had been like medicated properly. But like right. in her in her the current iteration that was on this planet. Your mom's she side was or dad's side? My mom's side. Because the depression went straight fucking down the line from her. Got it. Uh, but my grandmother told me that my great grandfather, Lloyd Ketrin, who I'm named oh. after, oh. was in letter correspondence. You mean Lord Lloyd Ketrin. Yeah. Lord, Lord Ketrin uh, was in letter correspondence with F. Scott Fitzgerald about their, their crazy wives. wives. We're in Shepherd Pratt together. Isn't that fucking nuts? And then one million years later, they built a, a housing complex for <laughs> right college students. And the first year I lived there and it was literally we shared a driveway with yeah, Shepherd Pratt. With Shepherd Pratt. I mean, it's a beautiful facility. I used to swim laps there. It's gorgeous. And my aunt Susan used to work there and apparently all the orderlies were like super fucking hot. She called Ooh. them all like hot Jesus and they would Ooh. like all work there and then they would right. ride off into the sunset on the yeah. orderlies motorcycles. Why didn't I date any of them? Right. Gosh. And obviously they like fucking loved Susan like because Susan was like just this fucking drop dead gorgeous bitch. And so she like my history is tied to Shepard so Pratt. Pratt. Very strong. I know. And that's where, uh, what's this? Hannibal Lecter stays Hannibal in Le- Silence of the Lambs. Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. Very fun. Little history lesson. Uh, okay. So cut to University Row. Same row, but it's the 80s. Okay. University Row, same row, but it's the 80s. Yep. Yes. And we see two dorks cruising for chicks. But we can tell that they're dorky because, like, they're kind of looking at the chicks admiringly and then also looking at the frat bros admiringly. Right. And they're lamenting about how little sex they have. And one of them is like, my grandparents have more sex than we do. (laughs) And they're just like, they're actually very funny. Their dialogue is actually, like, quippy 80s John Hughes dialogue. Okay. Okay. Uh, Dork one, or Chris, sees a pretty brunette, Bruni. Cynthia and gets like super starry eyed like from across the yard and he's like who is she and dork too JC yells after her and is like hey and he's like fuck you dude like trying to get his get her attention first mm-hmm. and uh, she kind of like sees them and just like kind of gives them a look maybe a little half smile but like obviously doesn't come over and so Chris is like fuck you man and then she turns and walks away And he's like, shit, she's going into the beta house. I hate the betas. Uh, And then I wrote dialogue is fun and John Husey. Like that was my first bit of surprise where I was like, oh, like these kids could like totally be in a John Hughes Mm -hmm. movie and that their acting is good. Like they're Mm -hmm. great. Cut to them in the beta house party, the two dorks in the beta house party. And they're looking for uh, Bruni Cynthia. And they find her and a dude has walked up to her he's like a dumb jock and he and chris is like she's already talking to some guy and jc is like he's got one continuous eyebrow he's got nothing on you (laughs) so his friend really tries to get him to think positively 
So JC is like, you got to think positively, man. Like, it's just, he's like, you got a lot, a lot to offer. He's like such a good friend. It's so cute. So then JC walks up to, uh, uh, one continuous eyebrow who's talking to Cynthia and he says, Hey man. Uh, uh, and, and then he like turns to her and is like, what's his name? And she's like, Steve. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve. There's a phone call for a Steve, uh, over there. And so he's like, what? And like walks away. (laughs) And so then JC is like, my friend is kind of interested in you. And he's got this real cute, charming, young Robert Downey Jr. vibe. Like, I feel like Robert Downey Jr. JC or JC does. uh Like Chris Dork one Mm -hmm. didn't even have the cojones to walk over. So RDJ, little baby RDJ walks over JC. And she actually, like, seems kind of interested in Chris. Like, she looks at him across the way and, like, she's not not interested. Mm-hmm. But then she's like, I, I, have a, I have a boyfriend. So then one continuous eyebrow walks back over and he's like, hey, there was no call for me. <laughs> and he's like, you know, make some joke or whatever, blah, 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 blah. And then goes back over to his friend Chris. And Chris is like, spill the beans. And he's like, does she have a boyfriend? And JC is like, uh, nope, no boyfriend. Just because I think he wants, like, he knows that if he says she has a boyfriend, he won't try anymore. Like, he's just like, he doesn't have any confidence. This is the 80s where a woman's decision doesn't matter. I know. I was like, yeah, but she said she has a boyfriend. So, like, we have to suspend our disbelief. We have to suspend our disbelief that it's the 80s and this was meant to be a cute friend scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm with you. you. I'm like, where's her opinion of how this should go? Like, I understand that you were like, oh, it's. Oh, it's meant to be cute that he says no to give him hope. But I'm like, but she why said she, she has a boyfriend. To, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm with you. So he yeah, basically. This is when they promoted like stalking as cute. Pretty much. Yeah. So he looks at her again and he's like, I'm in love, dude. And he's like, but she's only going to like me if I'm in a frat. And I'm like, I don't. I mean, you could try. Her, but again, it's the 80s. Maybe that's the truth. Maybe you could only date frat yeah. guys. Cut to them deciding to pledge. Oh, God. Yep. So <laughs> it's a bunch of private school dudes. You know exactly what each of these 1980s frat brothers looks like. I don't even have to describe them. You know exactly what they look like. You know what the head frat bro, frat brad looks like. They're the worst. And they're like, yeah, you can pledge if you do something for us. And they're like, and and Chris goes, we don't have to fuck a farm animal, animal <laughs> do we? Animal. Aminal <laughs> and frat Brad is like nope but good suggestion so we don't know what they told him to do yet but they okay. know that they gave him a task cut to they're leaving the frat house to go do something and Chris is like are we really gonna let the, uh, or no, no no the frat brothers are like are we really gonna let them in if they do this and frat Brad is like get serious then the frat guy's girlfriend, frat Brad's girlfriend, comes up to him and he's like, hey, babe, how's it going? Oh, God. And we see that it's Bruni Cynthia. No, Bruni Cynthia. She's with frat Brad. Why are you with frat Brad? She's in college. Think of all the terrible mistakes we made. Bruni Cynthia, you can do so much better. She doesn't know yet. <sighs> she doesn't know, just like we didn't know. It's true. Cut to a medical facility of some kind. 
and an underground hallway in that medical facility. And by underground, I mean just like, it looks like they do things that the public would never, ever be exposed to. It's maybe where the morgue is. It's maybe where the experimental labs are, that kind of thing. And this is where, this movie is way ahead of its time. I just fucking noticed, I'm sure it was in other shots, but I just didn't notice, that uh, JC is disabled. He has like crutches on his arms and it makes sense because he actually makes a joke about his own crutches earlier. Mm -hmm. I think he's Mm -hmm. one of those people that like makes jokes before other people can, but I just like, cause I'm typing and stuff. So I just didn't see it. And I was like, Oh my God, like the best friend is just like this super cute dude. That's got a disability. I thought that was super Mm -hmm. cool. So there's some scientist down there and he can't get into the lab that he needs to get into. So you'd recognize him. He's like a famous character actor that's pretty mm-hmm. much been in every TV All show that's things. ever been made. Right. And so he has to go to a pay phone that's in the science hallway and he has to call somewhere to get a code to get in. I'm unclear. Basically, what you need to know is the science dude is now distracted right. on the phone. Okay. Now we see that the dorks kind of sneak by him and there's another panel uh, next to a door and basically JC just hits one button and it like opens and they're like, that was easy. And they walk in. So I don't know why the other scientists couldn't get in, but whatever. (laughs) Scientist doesn't see them and they go into this creepy lab with lots of buttons, lots of wires, lots of things. And then there's a fucking real life dead dude <gasps> in a giant vat of liquid, like hooked Ooh, up to electrodes. What? Like it looks like, you know, like suspended animation. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, as they were walking down to this room, we find out what the task was that they were told to do. Okay. They're supposed to go to the experimental science lab. And get a cadaver body and put it on the steps of their rival fraternity. Couple questions. Okay. I think that cadaver bodies are kept pretty secure. Yeah. Uh, also, I don't know how many college camp. Well, no, that's not true. I guess college campuses have cadaver bodies. Like, those are the people that are studying they have a it. a specific... Um- yeah. Yeah, I Area guess. Of, like some sure, sure. colleges, I'm sure, are more like, we study this. But so I'm sure it's, it's like, here. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say it's difficult to get to those bodies just for a prank. I no? mean, also difficult to like carry that body out. Like, how am I doing this? Yeah. Well, I, we'll find out. Great. I can't wait. So you see this, you know what your task is, and you see this dead guy in this giant vat of liquid like suspend like suspended animation vat okay Mm -hmm. you can be jc or chris what do you do and what do they do is my goal to stay alive or to get into the frat (laughs) uh your goal is to stay alive it's to stay alive I mean... So you also probably shouldn't join a frat if you want to stay alive as well. (laughs) Pledge week kills people. (laughs) I'm gonna... I'm 
going to do like I did in college and not join a sorority and then just hang out with all the frat guys anyway. Yep. You did it right, bitch. And what did they do? Is that my also a thing I'm answering? Yep. Um, I'm going to say that they start hitting buttons to drain the liquid and open the door of the cadaver guy to try to get him out. Yes. If you want to stay alive, don't join a frat. <laughs> Point for you. If you want to have a movie continue, drain the liquid from the vat and get that body out. So Love it. That's what they do. Chris is wants to leave. Like he's like, we're not getting this fucking body. We're not doing this. And JC is like, no, let's fucking figure it out. And so he says, he starts looking at at the button panel and he starts figuring out a bunch of information that's like, this is cryogenics. It's so cool. Like that is a dead guy that they're like keeping in suspended animation or whatever. Like you can't tell that from what you're looking at, but it's a movie again. I don't know if you realize this. I'm not telling you about what I did last night. This is a movie we're watching. Um, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to hit this big red button that says disengage. Love it. And this is where I was like, I'm in killer clowns, aren't I? <laughs> so we see him hit the red button with the with his crutch. And we see Chris go, no! Cut to the scientist. He gets the code he needs and heads downstairs. Uh as he's doing this, they're pulling the body out of the vat and they're trying to carry him. But it's a body. Right. It's super heavy. Of course. He, they're about 5'7", and this body is about 6'2". And didn't so, you just say that what's-his-face has, like, crutches? Yes. Like, so it's not going well. <laughs> so as they're trying to carry this body, hand grabs ah. them. And they're like, fuck! And they drop the body and run out of there. And as they run out, they knock over the scientist. And the scientist is like, what the hell? And then, like, gets up off the ground, sees that the door is open, and, like, walks in. And he sees the body laying on the floor. And he gets down to inspect the body. How did it choke? And he's getting choked by the body. Cut to... Dorks have run back to their dorm room. I wrote hotel room. And then I was like, what? <laughs> it's their dorm room. They run back to their dorm room. And JC starts telling him, all I do is put up with your whining. You're so fucking negative about how you're never going to fall in love again after your relationship in high school. And, you know, it's just fucking bullshit. And then you see Bruni and I think, you know what? What the hell? I'm never going to get laid myself. So I may as well uh, might as well help my friend. Mm. Just so cute. I'm like, also, why do you think you're not going to like get laid? Like Mm -hmm. you're like Robert Downey Jr. vibes coming at me. I guess he's just like, I'm disabled. No one's going to fuck me. It's sad. So he's like, why do I do all of this for you? Because I want you to be happy. And if you take everything so seriously, then you just get depressed like you. So fuck you. <laughs> and Chris gets all butt hurt. And then he's like, you know what? Fuck you. And JC is like, fuck you. And he's like, I'm going to bed. Can you pass me that pillow? And JC passes him a pillow. And then Chris hits him in the face with the pillow. And they have an adorable little pillow fight. Aww. And it's so cute. So cut to 
man in a white suit sitting on a beach mm. with sunglasses. Okay. He's being brought a coconut drink oh. by a woman in a bikini. Love it. Who's also wearing heels in the sand. No, she's not. She's wearing fucking pumps. How is she wearing? How is she? How is she walking? She's attempting to. In the sand. Yes. It's very upsetting. It'll all make sense to you in a moment because I was fucking furious <laughs> at this. I was like, this is so egregious. Nobody walks in heels in sand. Then we see that the guy in the white suit is looking out to the water and we see that a woman is coming up from the water, but her hair is not wet. And she comes up further and she's wearing a prom dress and her prom dress isn't wet. And he's like looking at it and he like takes his glasses off and like something weird is happening. And all of a sudden now he's a cop and he's approaching a vehicle and in front of that vehicle is a man in an, in a, hospital gown chopping someone to pieces Mm. in that car and he's looking at it and he pulls out his gun and he says freeze and that man Mm. chopping turns around and it's terrifying skeleton face wakes Mm. up dream dream got it that's the only reason anyone would be wearing pumps in the sand is if it's a fucking dream Skeleton chopping nightmare, someone up. Honestly, I don't, uh, honestly, nightmare. honestly, a let's nightmare. be real. That's it was just the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. So he answered. He's woken up by the phone. So he answers the phone and he answers it and goes, "Thrill me," <laughs> which is <laughs> the only way that I'll ever be answering the phone from now on, <laughs> ever again. Which is pretty much never because who talks on the phone anymore? I'm only gonna take thrill me, thrill me. Uh, I'm going to start answering all my fucking um, robo calls oh, like that now. Calls? Oh my God, let's Thrill me. Oh my God, let's do it. That's going to be great. And we're going to so. be put on like a do not call list <laughs> by the robo callers. <laughs> just get on. I'm just going to get in a little 80s persona. I fucking love and it. And talk to these robo callers. You're going to love about my IRS payment <laughs> yeah. due or whatever, whatever the fuck the they fuck. bullshit about. So. He's on the phone and someone, the phone says, the experimental lab at the college was broken into. So cut to a scene where some cops are taking pics of the scientist's body in the lab. Who's taking pictures of the scientist's body? Cops. Cops. The scientist's body in the lab. And I thought of Karen and Georgia when I saw this because people are just walking all over the scene. <laughs> like there's no, they're just walking around, putting their DNA all which way detective cameron is who was uh having the dream and he comes into the lab he arrives in his pajamas with an overcoat on and he walks in and goes thrill me yes (laughs) and they're explaining what happened and they're like we had a body on ice since 1959 oh shit and he says is this a homicide or a bad B movie? Ah, zing. He's got so many one-liners, dude. Way to be and a little... Uh, way to be aware of yourself, yeah. movie. And so my feeling about this is like he's friends with a horror movie scriptwriter. And this horror movie scriptwriter was like, I want to write you a fucking movie where you can just chew the scenery and just have like great one-liners. Fun. And like this is just going to be your playground. And he takes him up on it he has fun he plays so many one-liners and he's like where's the other body 
And they're like, we don't know. And he's like, I was told there were two bodies. And now you're telling me you don't know where the other body is. What the fuckity fuck? He's real mad. And he says, now are you going to straighten this out? Or am I going to have to play poo patrol with your nightstick? And I was like, let's take that back to the writer's room, shall we? Does that mean shove it up your ass? I think it means shove it up your ass. Yeah, no, we're going to have to. If you could go like re. Rewrite that rethink it redo it what's the word for like when you're like i'm gonna need you to rewrite it but it's like rework rework it rework it yeah i need to rework that and come back to me yeah so i'm gonna rework what i just said come back to me (laughs) (laughs) eric if you could just uh rework that uh, (laughs) post that would be good when you have to talk about your joke for three minutes (laughs) and then be like that's that's what i meant nothing funnier than explaining a joke uh So now we cut to some bare feet walking around campus. All we see is bare feet. Cut to Bruno Cynthia getting dropped off by frat Brad at her sorority house. And he's <sighs> like, sorry, babe. I got some serious frat business. And I've frat got to call it a night. Yeah. And Cynthia's like bummed. Like she's sad. Like she walks <sighs> in like. she's real sad so we walk into the sorority house and there's extras everywhere and there was one set of extras kim oh god (laughs) they're standing by the entrance to the door and it's a guy and a girl and he's got his arms resting on her shoulders Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. with his hands clasped behind her neck Mm -hmm. but they're both just standing perfectly still Mm -hmm. and they want it to look like they're talking but they're just going like this (laughs) and like i just was like can some like they're in the they're more in the shot than she is like i was like can we just is that somebody's nephew like what's going on <laughs> uh, I wrote extras and Zordy standing perfectly still in mid strangle. <laughs> so uh, we're mingling about the sorority, just kind of seeing life in the sorority house. And then all of a sudden we see the den mother peek her head out disapprovingly from a door. So now I have a question for you. This is an actual question. I don't know the answer. How do den mothers work? We've discussed no, no, this on this podcast. But I have more questions about this because <laughs> here's what I don't understand. I mean, I re-had a question about it too because I was like, how do den mothers work? Because I'm but, like, <laughs> is there a vow of... Okay, here are three options. You ready? There's either a vow of silence that they take where they like allow college kids to be college kids uh-huh. or there's some sort of sacred confidentiality clause like for doctors where they just like don't tell on them for doing college things or you're fucking basically living in a house with a parent okay well once again we didn't have sorority or frat houses in our college (laughs) yeah um because we had uh because of the brothel law right which we've talked about we talked about it in in black Black Christmas. christmas yeah Black Christmas must have, must have existed before we had our Patreon because Patreon is where we post mortem things to be like, we have a question about this. Let's find out about it. Yes, um, I think and it we'll did. talk about it yeah. on our Patreon. Um, so we'll actually do that now, <laughs> I think. But I, um, I want to find a den mother. I think that uh, it's someone who was in the sorority at some point, almost always. It's, it's a member of the sorority. Okay. A, already. Okay. 
right. so like that's a thing okay i don't know if they have them anymore but that is a question that i don't know the answer to because we didn't have that um <clears throat> all right we well, didn't have houses when we went to school or like at our location if anyone could and point then, us to someone who was um, or is a den mother i have so many questions and then um i think like it was mostly to make sure like people don't die people don't die so but maybe like, the, not much the, else, the sort of like clause of confidentiality might be closer to what is happening just cause because I'm, like, like i mean have, like, if you're an adult knowing that people are drinking underage do you have to tell anyone I, no you don't I guess you don't like you know yeah. what I mean? there's no clause of confidentiality it's just like but this lady's an old old lady like <clears throat> she's like 75 yeah that i don't i don't old. know but yeah. you know i think um Kristen's friend uh hera hera would know a i think mother? no i don't think she's a den mother but she's like very in, like her job is today sorority. is in her sorority right. actually okay. like whatever her profession is is, sor- is, is sorority. sorority based sorority based <laughs> okay hera uh if you could contact us hera, immediately. thank you thank you <laughs> so uh, I don't know. We'll post we'll more on this we'll find out. Yeah. again. I, I, we 100% talked about it but in this Black is Christmas being like, what about, happened? I need to interview a den mother for the post. <laughs> okay. So I look forward to it. This fucking Join episode is going to be four hours long. Okay. That's great. So I'm just eating fruit the whole time. I love it. So, <laughs> oh my God, you just ASMR'd me so hard. So Cynthia's walking up the stairs and she seems in some sort of place of authority because then another sister comes in with a grocery bag with no handles on it uh, with a bunch of what appears to be like mason jars inside those grocery bags. And okay. she's like, can I store these in our basement? They're for our biology class. And she's like, I mean... I guess what are they and she's like they're brains they're human brains Ah, your favorite yeah but I'm also like you please put your brains in something other than like mason jars in grocery bags in a sorority basement I need human brains to be like in a sterile vat in a sterile vat or or body refrigerator of some kind I mean I've seen brain pieces just chilling on have you I mean in museums and shit that but they're like gross in ass. formaldehyde or some shit and i just there assume for... that's what was in this mason jar no they, they were not in a liquidy substance they're in, in a liquidy s- we couldn't so really good. see them but what i'm saying is like they don't look secure those they are for display in, they don't only, need to be refrigerated but those are in display only i feel like if you are going to dissect them you need to i don't want brains just lying around i, I want some problem. brain protocol I don't see the problem. I don't know. You seem to be a real brain surgeon. A, br- <laughs> a brain stickler? I'm a real brain stickler. I want my brains that in was heads. A, that was a callback in- to me calling sergeants <laughs> surgeons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So she's like, sure, but just keep them in the basement. So now uh, Bruni Cynthia is up in her room and she's sad. Cut to another shot of cold bare feet walking around. Back to Bruni in her room, taking off her shirt. Cut to another sister in another part of the house who's sitting down on a couch to read a book. And she hears a quiet knock or like a noise at these French doors right in front of her. Mm -hmm. She goes and she slowly opens it up. No one's outside. And then she hears and looks down. It's her kitty cat. Mm. And the cat like lunges at her, 
but like to be picked up. So she's like holding the cat in front of her and she's like, hi, princess. Cut to more bare feet walking mm-hmm. through the campus, walking by windows. Mm-hmm. Then we get her. It, it is the 80s after all. So I do want to let you know we're about to have gratuitous Bruni Cynthia boobs. Of course. Uh, where she inexplicably for no reason has to turn to the camera as she's taking off her shirt to show us her breasts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then she hears someone at the window and we see she's on the second floor and this shot looks very similar to another shot we've seen. Mm-hmm. So she looks out her first window, doesn't see anyone. Same window from the first scene. She hears it again, walks to the next window all in her room. Her room is fucking huge. Nothing. Then all of a sudden, creep! Mm. There's a naked dead guy who hands her a rose smiling. She backs away, <laughs> does not scream. I was like, this bitch is unflappable, I guess. And at the window, he smiles and she is kind of like, <gasps> and then his head splits open. What? And slugs, giant slugs come shooting <gasps> out of it. And we just see all the slugs like scurrying under the house because like basically uh. he's he's somehow gotten up onto the balcony sort of. Okay. And she hasn't like opened the window. So he, the slugs kind of like shoot out of him, but like can't oh, get in God. to the window. Right. Okay. So they just, the slugs come out and like scurry away under the house and shit. Here comes Detective Cameron to the sorority house. Okay. He walks onto the scene and says, thrill me, thrill me. There's a body under a sheet. They pull off the sheet and the head is completely split open. It's the naked body. That just had the slugs come out of it. The guy? Yeah. Oh. And Detective Cameron, like, we can see that that, like, shakes him. The, like, what he sees under the sheet. Okay. So now Detective Cameron goes around to the back of the sorority And house. we saw clearly a naked body guy. Yeah. Was it the same naked body guy from the suspended animation? We're to believe so, yes. Okay. That's yeah. what I was thinking. But just it, making sure. But it's not, like... Said. completely clear okay yeah. okay so goes but they had been but like no, it's done so yeah and like they had been looking for this second body so it's like right. and he's naked and you right. know so we're like yes this is the body but like obviously like the sorority sisters don't know that that's who no, it is yeah, and like yeah. nobody really knows so detective cameron goes around in the back and he's looking at this house that's a smaller house that's behind the big sorority house for like a long time. And there's this couple that's make making out. And he's like, what is this supposed to be? And they're like, it's hmm? supposed to be the den mother's house. It's the house mother's cottage. And then they like walk away. He keeps looking at it. All of a sudden we see flashbacks to a shovel digging hmm. a body in a bag. Hmm. Then all of a sudden, <gasps> Another detective comes up and snaps him out of his flashback. Mm. And Detective Cameron says to the other detective, does that look like it could have been done with an axe? And the other detective says, man, that psycho disappeared 27 years ago. Mm. So he's clearly like all fucked up. 
Cut to someone reading the paper the next morning. And it says, decapitated body found on campus. Like, basically, the head split open so fucking much that it, like, was considered a decapitation. Mm Because it was just like... So, the dorks are walking around campus. And they're then cornered by the frat guys. The frat guys that gave them the assignment to go get a fucking body. And the frat brothers are pissed because they think that the dorks put that body there because it ended up on the stairs of the sorority house. Mm -hmm. And they're like, we told you to fucking put it on, you know, Phi Beta fucktards Mm -hmm. porch, Mm -hmm. not the girls porch. You freaked all these bitches out. And JC stands up to them. And is like, fuck you, fuck off. We didn't want to fucking join your frat anyway. Yeah. Also, we didn't fucking do that. We went there and then we chickened out. We didn't put any fucking body any fucking anywhere. And then he like walks away. And I'm like, JC is like, yeah. I'm like feeling this little bitch. Like, I love him. I'm like into, well, you know me with Robert Downey Jr. Those big bug eyes and like the talks too much. Like, you know, it's my husband. Um <laughs> And uh, he tries to walk away and fucking frat Brad kicks his crutch out from under Ah, Fuck you, frat Brad. Cynthia Bruni is right there and she gets pissed. Good. Brad, don't. And then like he turns to her and she flips him off, but she does it by like cranking her finger up and then everyone claps. And I'm like, Bruni, Cynthia. All right, girl. And she walks up to the dorks and apologizes for Brad. Hmm. And so now... But also break up with it. Right. So now they actually get to meet because before it had just been JC that had met Bruni Cynthia. And so now she gets to meet Chris. Mm. Cut to... Oh, no, it doesn't cut to anything. They're just... The three of them are talking and then a detective walks up. And it's not Detective Cameron. It's the other detective, Detective Landis. And he picks them up. Now we cut to them being questioned in like an interrogation room the two dorks being questioned in an interrogation room by detective Cameron. And he's like this janitor, he's got a janitor with him says that he saw you last night running 40 miles per hour, screaming like banshees. And there was a little bit of racism here because the janitor is Asian. And like all they had him do was just kind of like repeat back the phrase 40 miles per hour, screaming like a banshee with like an Asian, a, generic Asian accent Mm -hmm. over and over again and finding it really funny. And I was like, Mm -hmm. we didn't need to do this, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it's the eighties. So JC tries to be like, we didn't do it. Chris is an idiot. And is like, Nope, we did it. Mm -hmm. But we chickened out though. Like we didn't take the body anywhere. We, we got it out of the vat, but we didn't do shit. And, uh, he's like, we didn't move it from the lab. So, now we're in another cut to another lab and there's a scientist doing sciency things. And behind him, we see that there's a body on a slab behind him. And all of a sudden the body sits up. It's the fucking other scientist from the beginning. Whoa. He sits up and he walks the fuck out of the lab, like behind the guy. The guy doesn't see him. And at one point, he, like, he looks dead as fuck. I was actually really impressed with the practical makeup of the zombies because, like, it was it was pretty good. It was pretty creepy. And he, like, walks past a dude that's reading the paper as 
he walks past. So he's just like, see you tomorrow. Like doesn't Mm -hmm, realize mm -hmm. it's a zombie. Uh, Then we cut to the janitor that saw the dorks running out. Right. And he's, he cleans the science wing or whatever. So he's got his little bucket and he's still laughing about screaming like banshees with a mildly Asian accent. When all of a sudden scientist comes out from behind a corner and the janitor screams like a banshee. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that was supposed Mm -hmm. to be the joke. Mm -hmm. Cut to a slug slithering across the yard of the sorority. Cut to inside the sorority. And there's two sisters that are walking next to each other. And one says to the other, hey, has anyone told Ursula, whatever the fuck her name is, about her cat? And the other one says, no, it would break her heart. And I'm like, if something happened to my cat, please tell me. Like, I need to know. So now we're at a payphone in the sorority. Mm -hmm. I guess there's like one phone. It's the 80s. There's maybe one phone. And one of the girls picks up. uh, And they're like, Cynthia, it's for you. She gets on the phone and Brad's on the other line. He's like, hey, it's Bradster. Ugh. And she's like, I don't want to talk to you. And he gets like super aggro about it. And she's like, I never liked you. Or he's like, no, he gets super aggro. And he's like, I never fucking liked you anyway. You know, mm-hmm. how they get. Now we cut to the cat girl in her little reading room. And she hears a little knock at the door again. So she gets up. To lure her kitty cat in. And her kitty cat's right there. And she picks up her kitty cat. Zombie cat! Oh, no. And we see it. And it's like... And I'm like... So sad. But he's still alive. So it's like, I'd love a zombie cat. Is it sad? Yeah. Cut to Detective Cameron. Like, is he trying to eat me? We're unsure. Right. We don't know. So we cut to Detective Cameron. And he's looking at old old crime scene photos of a body we don't know what like what it is but he's like kind of like drunkenly looking Mm -hmm, at them he mm -hmm, looks mm -hmm. disturbed then he picks up the phone and says throw me and they're like we got another body dude it's another fucking scientist and it doesn't have a goddamn head again and so we're with the body and we see slugs slithering away from the body. But nobody else sees them. And they're like, God damn it. Detective Cameron has fucking had it. He's had it with these fucking dead bodies. He's tired of being thrilled. He's out of here. <laughs> Cut to the dorks in their room and JC is air drumming while Chris is cr- trying to study and he's super annoyed and they get a knock on the door. It's Bruni Cynthia. <gasps> Chris answers the door and he's like, hello. (laughs) Hello. She's like, would it be out of the question to ask if you wanted to go for a walk? And so all three of them go for a walk. And I'm like, JC, this is where you you back off, bro. This is where you back off. This is where you stay in the room and air drum. Okay. Yeah. And and by air drum, uh, never mind. I was going to make a masturbation joke, but I don't need to. So... But you could. But I could. And, and you I should. <laughs> Air drum yourself, bro. Yes. Uh, so all three of them are walking. And she's like, some weird shit is going on. I fucking saw them bury that cat. So the fact that then 
Ursula comes screaming in about her fucking cat. Mm-hmm. I saw them bur- bury the cat. And JC is like, maybe she was on drugs. And I'm like, maybe. But also, that doesn't explain the cat coming back to life. And she's like, also, um, how do I say this? Uh, I haven't told anyone this, but um, that body that they found outside of my sorority, yeah, it, it came to my window. And I didn't know who else to talk to about it. (laughs) And she kind of leans into him and Chris picks up on the cue and like puts his arm around her and she's kind of like nuzzling into his chest. So like she can't see, (laughs) but they do sort of like a, like an eye, a high five with their eyeballs an eye five, if you will. And this is when JC realizes like he's got a piece out. So it's not to cock block. And as he's walking away by himself under his breath, he just goes, Go for it, partner. I mean, she's lost her fucking marbles, but go for it. (laughs) (laughs) It was really cute. And so she continues to talk and she's like, I think it was a zombie. And slugs came out of his head. And Chris is like, maybe I should walk you home. (laughs) And you can tell that he's like, I still really want to fuck this bitch. But like, she's talking crazy. (laughs) But he's trying to be sweet. Cut to the hallway uh, with JC, a hallway, doesn't matter. And he's walking to the bathroom. He's going into the bathroom. As he goes into the bathroom, we see the janitor come around the corner. But now he's zombie uh, janitor. Uh... Cut to Chris walking Bruni Cynthia home. And we see that someone is following them. But we don't know who because we just see feet. These feet have shoes on, but only feet regardless. Cut back to JC in a in the bathroom stall. And he's just like doodling on the wall as he takes a shit. And he hears this weird sound outside of the stall door. And he can't really put his finger on it. And I can't really either. It sounds like a growl or like something ripping. Something between those two things. And he's still on the toilet. And he very slowly like opens the stall door. Exploded janitor head. The janitor's body is on the floor and his head is exploded off. Whoa. And he sees slugs crawling everywhere. So he closes the door and starts trying to pull up his pants really fast And then he sees that he dropped a book of matches on the ground. And it's like just past the door, right? Mm -hmm. He slowly goes to pick up the book of matches. And at this point, I'm like, why? Why do you need the book of matches? I don't understand what's happening. Why do you even have a book of matches? Then I'm like, maybe he lights it after he takes a shit. I like whatever. But I'm like, leave the matches, bro. Mm -hmm. So he goes to pick them up and as he reaches for it, slug! And it like hurts his hand, but like he just is like, what was that owl kind of thing? Okay. So you don't know what these things are. Exploded janitor head outside your stall door, book of matches. What do you do? What does he do? Did I, did I get the matches? Uh, No, but like, it looks like they might be a little bit closer to you now, or at least haven't moved. 
Hmm. Um, but they're like in a place, like I don't need to reach outside the doorway anymore. It's like inside my stall. Mostly, yeah. Um, okay. How big are the slugs? They, do you know the size of an actual banana slug? No. Uh, I would say they're about half the size of this fan, which our listeners can't see. Uh, maybe six inches by three oh, inches. It's bigger than I thought. Yeah, six inches by three inches, I would oh, say. I don't like that. Oh, no, they're gross. <laughs> my brain, also, did you know that there's small. a fucking college in, like, Oregon where their actual mascot is a banana slug? <laughs> Go banana slugs! Go banana slugs! Um. Okay. Wow, they're bigger than I thought. I don't like that at all. And they're fast. Okay, but... So the zombies are slow, the slugs are fast regardless i'm still a big human person you are and they're still little slugs on the ground basically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i'm just gonna get up and leave and if any of them come near me i'm gonna step on them okay and what does he do i think he like for some reason really needs to grab the matches and maybe tries to light one of them on fire or something. But also tr- to try to leave. The goal is to leave, I think. That was one and a half points. Oh. You got one point for him. You got a half a point for you because uh, the slugs are very fast and want to get inside of you oh i didn't know they wanted to get inside me uh, the that's why i uh, yeah like because they they keep exploding out of people out of their heads like coming out of their heads and stuff so half a point for you only because they want to get inside your orifices and are <laughs> fast so you would have to just be conscious of your holes. Right, 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 right. Uh, he does want to light it on fire. And good thing he does, he manages to light the entire book on fire mm. and sticks his hand out because he knows that, like, they kind of charge when he does that. Mm-hmm. And they charge the fire and it, like, immediately incinerates them. Nice. Like, right away. Lights it on fire. As he's looking at the charred slug we see a slug curls up his pant leg (gasps) and he's like fuck then he tries crawling out of the bathroom but again he's disabled so it's like he can't move that quickly and his crutches he's dropped his crutches so there are slugs fucking everywhere oh cut to sorority house outside and chris and bruni cynthia are talking like outside the door and she's like, maybe I'm nuts. Also, will you go with me to the formal? Oh. And Chris is like, what about Brad? And she's like, Brad's an asshole. And he's like, but I thought he was your boyfriend. And I'm like, shh, shh, shh Chris, shush. <laughs> Stop asking moment. so many. This is your moment. Stop. What about, what about, what about? She's asking you to the fucking formal. Go with it. Doesn't matter about Brad. She's making her own decisions. Right. Get boned. Do this. 
So finally he Fall says. Fall in love. Yeah. So finally. She's, maybe she's your person. Yeah. So finally he's like, yes. Uh, actually, he doesn't say yes. She just like kind of asserts herself and is just like, I'll see you at seven. And I'm like, yes, bitch. Yes. So she goes in. He walks away. Detective Cameron. And he's like basically repeating back things that they were talking about all night. So C- Detective Cameron was the one who was following them the whole time. And he's repeating back parts of their conversation to him uh, because he's suspicious of them with all the bodies showing up and everything. And Chris is obviously like peeing his pants. Like he's a little baby man and he's just like, why is the detective talking to me? Cut to detective Cameron back with Chris at his own place. And he's like feeding Chris whiskey and he's asking him all these weird questions. He's like, so you had a high school sweetheart that broke your heart, huh? And Chris is like, yeah, but I, I blew it. And he's like, I had one of those too. And I blew it. And he's like, Mm -hmm. I decided to become a cop. And this is where I'm like, oh, he's the cop from the beginning. It was, I hopefully told it to you in a way that was slightly more clear, but like, as I was taking notes, it was not clear to me as Mm -hmm. it was happening. Maybe I'm an idiot. I don't know. Maybe everyone got it, but I didn't get it till right here. And he's like, I became a cop. I was a rookie. I got my first call out to the woods. I get there. It was my ex-girlfriend getting chopped up by a fucking serial killer, crazy person murderer. And he's like, but then what happened next is the fun part. And he says, I tracked him. I found him. I shot him in the chest. And Chris is sitting on the couch drinking whiskey. And he goes, should you be telling me all this? (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, I wrapped his body up. I buried him in a vacant lot. What? But that vacant lot isn't vacant anymore. Now there's a house mother's cottage on top of it. Holy fuck. And Chris says, I don't mean to be rude, but. Other than kind of wanting to confess to a murder, is there a point to this story? (laughs) And Detective Cameron is like, that's what I'm trying to figure out. So it's like these scenes are actually like, they're ridiculous. But like the dialogue and the acting was like pretty, pretty good. Like I was like, okay, let's zoom into it. So cut to House Mother's Cottage. Uh Uh-oh. She's falling asleep at the TV and the dog, her dog, hears something knocking on the door, knocking on the walls. What is it? The dog's kind of freaking out. And then it stops. Den mother falls back to sleep. <gasps> Another sound. The dog starts whimpering and clawing at the floor and we realize the knocking is coming from under the floorboards. Mm -hmm. Someone is trying to get up from under the floorboards. Kim, what do you do and what does Den Mother do? Ah! Um, I, okay. I mean, I'm the Den Mother of a house that just had a dead body outside of it. Mm -hmm. So 
I'm going to get the fuck out of there. I'm going to take my dog and immediately leave and call the police. And uh, she is going to be like, oh my gosh, is there like a raccoon or something under the house? Let me go look under the house. One point for you. (laughs) What you didn't get what she does. And even as not proactive as I could tell you were trying to be, she's even less proactive. Mm -hmm. She literally just sits there staring at it as a fucking (laughs) axe comes up through her floorboards with wide eyes. I mean, she's old. Maybe she just was like, I can't. I don't know. Here we are. She does literally nothing. Nothing. (laughs) So she's just like, thrill me. Right. Thrill me. So then whatever is coming up from her floorboards makes it up and it's a fucking like de- de- disintegrated, de- decomposing skeleton Yucky. face man. Kind of like almost like a more realistic version of like the Crypt Keeper from Tales from the Crypt. Like that kind of look. But it was like, again, not bad, not bad practical effects for this movie. And... So he comes up from the floorboards and then axes the house mother in the face directly to the head. (sighs) Cut to Detective Cameron getting a phone call. And he's like, fucking thrill me. God (laughs) damn it. He just grabs his gun and some other shit and he hops in the cop car. Backup is there too. Backup is there too. Oh, and calls for backup as he's in the car driving. Uh, I think that Chris is with him as well, but I can't fully remember and I didn't write it down, but I think Chris is with him. So they pull up to the cottage and the first cop walks out of the cabin and I was like, thank you, sir, because what he says, he's like, the dog ran off as soon as we opened the door. And I was like, oh, good. The dog got away. So then the another guy comes out and he's like, if we used a different stretcher for every piece of her, we'd be here all night. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a dead body, sir. That is a human being that was just chopped into pieces. Detective Cameron is shook as fuck. Like he looks unwell. Cut to other cops that he sent out to be like find him they're driving through the streets with one of those like big industrial Mm -hmm. flashlights and they're kind of driving slow and they're just like shining the flashlight into bushes and things like that and then the cop in the passenger seat is like this is stupid let's go so the cop in the driver's seat kind of speeds up a little bit and as he speeds up he sees what was that and so he stops the car And the guy in the passenger seat goes, what the fuck did you stop for? Keep going. And because he stopped, fucking dude with an axe comes up to the side of the car, lifts his Ah! axe, and then the guy turns and he's like, hit it! And they screech away. Shit. Uh, A zombie with axe almost drops him. Okay. So... Then they hear detect the cops at the house here on the backup. They found the fucker. And Detective Cameron's like, 
get the 12 gauge out of my car. They've now cornered Skeleton Man in an alley. There's like 12 fucking cops. Fucking Detective Cameron is like, I've got you, motherfucker. And he's like, you son of a bitch. I already killed you once. And the skeleton turns around and he's got a creepy smile. Kim, Hmm. you've got him cornered. Mm -hmm. You've already killed him once. Oof. What do you do and what does he do? What do I have? A gun? You have all the guns. Okay. Um, I mean, I think that we blow him to bits, but specifically make sure he is decapitated. Okay. Decapitated. Now, I'm going to give you a little bit of a clue for you, and then you have to tell me what they do. When the head is destroyed, what still happens? Slugs come out. Mm -hmm. What do we know about slugs? Oh, they attack us. Mm -hmm. And then we start shooting at them, I guess. Okay. Or we all become zombied. Great. So your answer is uh, (laughs) what B will be and we all become zombies. Got it. But he doesn't know that at the time. But you do. So that's why we have a what do you do and what does he do? Yeah, but I'm him. But you're also you. always get these rules confused. But you're also you. I'm just saying you do know that you already killed him once. Okay. How do I stop a zombie? I'm trying to keep you the fuck alive. I don't know how to stop zombies who who are slugged. I I don't know how to slap slap slum zombies. (laughs) Slug zombies. Kim's getting sleepy with the slop, the slop, slug slum flames. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, she's thinking real hard because she's holding her boobs. I, <laughs> I'm my boobs. That's when I do my best thinking. Um, okay. I. I uh, okay. Wait. Okay. Okay, but I, I have some ideas, but they're only because I've seen other parts of the movie that he they haven't seen. Is that okay? Is that seems unfair? Here, but. I guess okay. I guess I'm coming at it from like my place of eternal vengeance, where it's like I already killed this fucker once. I personally would not be satisfied just shooting him in the head. No, I said we shot him with all the guns. All the guns. Like okay. we shot him two bits. Okay. Is I think specifically what I said. Okay. And then specifically his head came off. But I guess I will try to light him on fire as well. I mean, I w- at this point, I guess I'll light him on fire if I can. Yeah, because I guess you were saying like I get confused with the rules, but it's like I'm currently in a horror movie and it's like something that doesn't die i'm going to i'm going to try multiple ways to kill it like i'm going to shoot it then i'm going to then i'm going to separate its parts then i'm going to ship them to other parts of the world and then i'm going to light those parts well, on fire well normally i would try to stop zombies by decapitating them that's okay. where i would go first okay. i don't think i know that slugs are inside right but since i guess i do even though sort i don't of. yeah um i'm going to light him on fire i feel nervous for you what do you do? Okay. And what does he do? Um, he is angry. And he... He's real pissed. 
he or are we in a car of any Mm-mm. sort? We're no, like in an alley. He's like cornered in an alley. I think he just shoots him to bits too. Yeah. Shoots him in the head, makes his head explode. But I think the issue that I'm having is like the slugs aren't stealthy when they crawl out of people's heads. Yeah. So I'm like, why is nobody dealing with these slugs that we're all seeing crawl out of people's heads? But we've all only seen them like one time. We saw them with the scientist. They were in the hallway when this when the slugs crawled out and they just like nobody acknowledged them. The cops were? Detective Cameron was. Yeah. That's why I was like, mm. why are you not? Why are we not talking about these slugs? Okay. So two points for you. So Detective Cameron blows his fucking head off. Slugs come out and scamper away. Right. So now we're back at school the next day and Chris is carrying a tux in like a garment bag. And he says to one of his dorm mates, he's like, have you seen JC? He never came home last night. Cut to sorority house getting ready montage with like a fucking amazing 80s montage 80s song. I'm off here for it. Then we see slugs. Then we see frat house getting ready montage. But they're getting ready is like putting on sunglasses with their tuxes (laughs) and taking pictures where they point at the camera. That's them getting ready. And doing beer bongs. And doing beer bongs. And then we sleep and then we see more slugs. So we're like Ha ha hairspray. Ha ha douche dudes. Slugs. Slugs. All over a really cool 80s 80s montage music. So then we see Chris go into his dorm room and he puts his garment back down and then he sees a recorder with a note tape to it. And the tape says, or the note says, listen. Mm -hmm. So it's like, what the fuck? Like so a we, cassette tape recorder, mm-hmm. not a hot cross buns recorder. Right, right, right. No, not not like a recorder, uh, hot cross buns. So he picks it up and he plays a tape. And Kim, I, I, I cried at this. This is where I was like, what am I? I thought I was watching Killer Clowns, but I'm not. It's JC's voice. And he says... There's one inside me. I think it's in my mouth. No. I can feel it. It's in my brain. Oh, baby. I don't have a pulse, man. Or a heartbeat. I think I'm dead. I did kill one with a match. I think fire will kill it. I've gone to the furnace room. Heat will kill him. Baby. But I walked, man, all by myself. Oh, God. I walked. Oh, my God. And then he says, I love you. Good luck with Cynthia. Can you fucking believe that? Like, I was like, no, you can't do this out of the blue. You can't have a B-80s horror movie. And then fucking pull this shit with me. It was so sweet. And I was just like, boys telling each other that they They love love them. them. And like in the 80s, like that wasn't a thing. And like having a disabled person that's just like 
a no- like living his life like a normal person, you know, like occasionally there was like a mild joke about it, but not really, like not mm-hmm. at all. And I was just like, oh my, you can't sneak up on me like that. I love it. Cut to Chris running to the furnace room. Oh, sweet baby. He goes down to the furnace room and we just see JC's body charred to Ugh. bits, burned to a crisp. And Chris starts crying. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck am I watching? I'm crying. Now we cut to the frat bus. <laughs> Mood ruined. Because they're just like, ah, I'm in a frat ah. And they're all in like their formal tuxes, which like it literally looked like my prom dude, where it's like they're wearing like the white tux jackets with like bright colored cummerbunds that mm. match their neon sunglasses. Barf. And I was like, get me out of here. So they're headed, they're on the bus, headed to the f- fucking formal. And one of the frat brothers is like, where's frat Brad? And he's like, he's not going because Cynthia blew him off. And he's like, ah, that sucks, dude. Come on. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. And then they get on the bus. You're such a good 80s frat guy. Thank you. So then they cut to frat Brad. And he's walking around drunk on campus with a beer. And he throws the beer at Bruni Cynthia's sorority house. He's like, bitch. And then slugs scamper by. And he's like, what? <laughs> just, we're the slugs <laughs> and so he bends down so I got salmon slugs <laughs> and then a dog walks up uh oh hey doggy <laughs> sup what are you what are you doing did you see the slugs <laughs> and he looks at him slug jumps out of dog's mouth <laughs> He got slugged. (laughs) So now, should I do that for my reel? Should I be favorite thing you've ever done in this podcast so far? (laughs) Drunk frat brat today. I wish I video recorded this. (laughs) Maybe I'll recreate it. (laughs) Hey, Chuck, you you see the slugs? You see the slugs, Chuck? There's slugs all over the place. So we're back on the frat brus. Brus. We're br- we're back on the frat brus. Get drunk now. <laughs> and this is the rest of this tale is gonna be drunk. Yeah, I'm gonna tell a tale like fucking drunk frat brus. Look. So <laughs> the bus is pulling away, and the bus driver is so mad at his job, which Rightfully understandably so. so. And so we cut, then we cut to Detective Cameron and he's drinking in his apartment. Thrill me. He's like, throw me the slug. Throw me slug. Slug me, sluggers. (laughs) And he gets a knock on the door. It's Chris. Uh oh. And he's crying. Oh, Chris. Just crying. Just crying. Just no, no trying to be fucking masculine. None of that. Just crying. Love when men cry. I love it. Feelings. And he's like my favorite thing. And he says, "The world." They got him. And he just tells him everything that JC told him in his tape. Cut to Detective Cameron with a 
gun in his kitchen and he's just kind of like pacing with this like rifle and we see that he turns the oven on and turns it like all the way up mm-hmm. then leaves back to frat brus frat 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 bus debauchery and the bus driver's like settle the fuck down <laughs> he's so mad and he like kind of turns to be like shut the fuck up motherfuckers and when he turns back there's a dog in the middle of the street. Uh-oh. So he's like, swerves, crash, <gasps> frat brothers fucking dead as doornails. What? Body parts everywhere. Wow. Turned over bus. Everybody's dead. Whoa. That's an intense crash. Yeah. Zombie dog. Well, they weren't wearing seatbelts and they were all drunk. So they were just like, this is why you wear seatbelts. Or at least sit in your seat quietly until we arrive at our destination. Oh, okay, bye. <laughs> So the zombie dog is just like, <laughs> and then he just walks over to the crash site. Right. Investigates. Goodbye. Back with Detective Cameron and Chris. They are at the police weapon store. I don't know. It's like behind some sort of cage. Oh, and yeah. The- yeah, yeah, yeah. The police weapon cage. Cage store. I know what yeah. you're talking about. Okay. So Detective Cameron is like, hello, police Clerk. Yeah, I got to get some stuff. I need some weapons. Kim. Yes. What weapon okay. does he ask for from the police weapon store man? And what weapon do you ask for from the police weapon store man? You can make this shit up because I don't know what fucking police weapons are there. So I only get one. Yes, you do. You only get one. I'm going to choose a flamethrower. Okay. You are choosing a flamethrower. Yeah. Okay. What's what's um ah uh, fuck? I think he's either gonna also do a flamethrower or something that makes fire, or something that can make gas ex- that can explode in gas. It's like a what would that be? A gas exploder. A gas exploder. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, yes. Can I have a your top notch gas, gas exploder, please? <laughs> <laughs> No, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like if my house was full of gas and uh-huh. I shot something into it and it would explode like a bomb. A match? He's asking for a match. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have one single match, please. Um, then, because uh... Chris told him what to, something that makes fire. We're both getting flamethrowers hand in hand. Hand in hand, we did. Flamethrower. Oh, fucking thank yeah. God. So he's like, I need a flamethrower. And the police clerk store man is like, there you go. And he's like, be careful. The pilot doesn't go out. And he's like, I'm just going to need that requisition form from you. And our old detective Cameron chews some scenery and says, yeah, about that form. And as he's doing it, he's loading his gun real slowly like. And he's like. I'm not going to have that form for you. Hope that's okay. <laughs> and then points the gun at the dude's <gasps> face. Whoa. And I'm like, Detective Cameron is losing oh. it. And like police store clerk weapon man is just like, just take the flamethrower, dude. Okay. Like what the actual fuck? Like but I'm, I'm on probably going to report this. I'm definitely going to report this. So gets his flamethrower. Back of the bus. Zombie dog. Looking at all those dead bodies. 
climbs right on into that crash. Yeah, he does. So now we're back. He's, uh, he's, he's getting his guttons. So now we hear a bang on the sorority house door. It's Brad. Brad's here. Zombie Brad. Now, just to be clear, Kim, let's pretend you and I live in a house, okay? My ex boyfriend shows that up. Before. Yeah, we have. Uh, my ex boyfriend shows up. Mm-hmm. I need you to be more observant. Mm-hmm. I need you to know whether or not my boyfriend looks like a zombie or not. Right. So I need you to look at the color of his eyes. I need you to look at I mean, like, his decomposition is state. Is it just me and you or is it me, you, and like 27 other people? Because then I'm like, I don't know. That's a lot of ex-boyfriends to keep track of. But also, don't you know what zombies look like? I'm busy. You're busy. Okay. All right. Well, maybe maybe don't answer the door then. Okay. I'll take care of answering the door because zombie Brad <laughs> looks very zombied. And Cynthia's roommate is like, Cindy, Brad's here. <laughs> and so. I feel her. Yeah. Uh, Cynthia Bruni comes down the stairs in her like pink formal dress. And bitch doesn't see that he's zombie either. <sighs> okay. Well, I mean, that, but I'm like, that you need to. Were you pregaming? Okay. You can't pregame. You cannot pregame so much that you cannot identify zombies. That is survival tip number, number 357 is you cannot drink so much that you cannot identify zombies. That's a good rule. Yeah. So she walks outside and she looks kind of melancholy, you know, like she's like, I'm going to have to end this. And she's kind of walking a little bit in front of him slightly like they're kind of holding hands and like she's walking a little bit in front and she sits down on the steps and he sits down on the steps too but like a step above her so she's like not Mm -hmm. looking at him he's Mm -hmm. like behind her a little and she's like I was gonna call I'm really sorry that this didn't work out you know but sometimes things like this blah 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 and she's just giving him the blah blah blahs Mm -hmm. We see that there's some motherfucking slugs crawling out of his damn mouth. And this is where I'm like, you need to keep your wits about you to see if people are zombied or if slugs are crawling in and out of their orifice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you cannot mm-hmm. be so drunk that you cannot identify those two things. So she's breaking up with zombie slugs shooting out of his mouth. Here comes Chris with a flamethrower. Yes. And he walks straight the fuck up to her and he's like, Cindy, get away. As he does that, Chris, fucking zombie Brad's head splits open, slugs everywhere, flame thrown yes. right at him. And he like fucking flame throws frat zombie Brad to smithereens. Detective Cameron. Chris, 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 Chris. So Detective Cameron busts into the sorority house to be like, bitches, chill out. We got zombies. We got slugs. I need your cooperation. Cindy is in shock. And Chris walks up and hands her a rifle. And he's like, here you go. This will make you feel better. And I'm like, thank you. That does make me feel better. I'd prefer a flamethrower, but thank you. Yeah. He's got the flamethrower for now. So then she sees something. It's a whole motherfucking bunch of frat zombros. Oh, no. That motherfucking dog went into that fucking bus and fucking zombroed all these frat dudes. 
I've been zombroed before. And here they come. It's not good. We've all been zombroed. That's kind of what they do, isn't it? It is what they do. Yeah. So Detective Cameron is inside looking out the windows. And one of the girls says, what? And he says, I got good news and I got bad news. Good news is your dates are here. Sister says, what's the bad news? They're dead. And I was like, did this motherfucker just say the tagline of the movie in his lines? That's too good. Yes, he did. That's the title. Yes, he did. It was so fucking good. So now we see that Chris has traded with Cynthia. She now does have the flamethrower. Okay, good. But the system that they have is you have to shoot to explode their head. To then flamethrow. To then flamethrow them, right? So, like, he now has the rifle and can't do his job. No, no, no. He flam- He That's what he did. He shot it, and then he's like, your turn. Flow some flame. Throw some flame. Flow it Flow out. Flow some flam. flame. And she's like frozen. He's like, please just fucking fire it, Cynthia. And we're like, fuck, like, is she not going to do it? Now we're back inside with the sorority sisters and they're just running around, running around, running around. Detective Cameron is like, and then Chris shoots again, explodes another one, another one's head. Cynthia gets it together, torches the motherfucker. And fucking Chris is like boner to the face. Like he's like so into it. Back to Detective Detective Cameron, and he's like, lock those doors. And he tells who we recognize as Cat Lady Mm -hmm. to go lock those French doors. Mm -hmm. And she turns to him. She locks, she goes to lock the French doors, but it's windows. So a Zombro grabs her through the window, busts in. Detective Cameron pulls her away, and he says to her, I'm not making this up, with a cigarette still hanging out of his mouth. He says, duck, it's Miller time. <laughs> it's Miller time. It's Miller time. Yeah. And I'm like, I wow. don't think he was even holding a beer, but sure. It's fine. Is his name Miller? I Maybe? We've never met him. We wouldn't know it's Miller. He wouldn't know it's Miller. I really think he no, just I mean, wanted. Detect- no, it's Detective Cameron. It's Detective Cameron. That's what Cameron. I was asking. I was like, is yeah. his name Miller? No. It's Cameron time. Uh so while smoking a cigarette. Maybe that was just real big at the time in commercials. I bet that was real big at I'm the time. I'm sure that it was. We'll have it's to look Miller up time. when did Miller time become a we'll thing. We'll post more than that. Yeah. I also was that for Halloween once. You were Miller time? Yeah. We it. all, we were like a six pack of beer. I fucking love that. And I, we wrote with puffy paint, it's Miller time in front of Dink. God, I miss our miss group costumes. College was, college was a time for group poorly put together halloween costumes it's never too late to bring it back yep so headshot slugs everywhere now kim what he doesn't have the flamethrower it's outside fuck but he exploded this motherfucker's head right he has a cigarette right no flamethrower what do you do what does he do (laughs) and here's my clue and this is a real clue this is something that will be easily found in a sorority house. Okay. He Especially with girls who have just been getting sprays, ready. Ah! Like the... Uses this... Oh, hair... Wait. Does he specifically use the cigarette to hairspray fire them? 
and or the lighter for like I would probably use the lighter that I lit my cigarette with personally. Right. Okay. But yeah, he shoots the hairspray with a flamethrower. And what do you do? Same bitch. Yeah. I mean, I like literally handed that to you on a fucking slug platter, but you did. I'll take it. That's fine. Most of your clues suck, though. You owe me at least 57 good clues. good clues. So I got one. So we fucking hairsprays the slugs outside. They're torching the place up. Nice. I was trying to think of something that rhyme with tor- torching and borching, but that's not a word. Torching outside. Torching tor- and scorching. Torching and scorching. <gasps> oh, my God. I'm so fucking in love with your brain right now. <laughs> I can't believe you, you just... Oh, torching and scorching though torching is the same as scorching yeah we are that's All what right. we're doing okay torching and scorching zombros there's torching zombros inside as well with some fucking hairspray cat lady turns around and we thought that detective cameron was saving her from the zombros turns out she's a fucking zombro i, know, I thought she had the cat and it's probably been a fucking zombro from the cat yeah, for for yeah, days. Yeah. How, who knows how long she's been a Zombro? So she grabs Detective Cameron and she's kind of strangling him. And as, he, as he's on the ground, he looks up at an old sorority picture and he sees his old girlfriend. <gasps> um, and it fucking flips his shit axed. out. Yeah. Fucking flips him out. And he just starts like lighting the place up with his gun. Like that kind of like crazy oh, shooting where it's just like. And he fucking shoots all the zombies, but he definitely doesn't torch all the slugs. There's no fucking way. But like all the zombies are down. All the heads are exploded. Outside, the gun has jammed. Uh Uh-oh. They have found themselves cornered. Uh Let me explain how they're cornered, okay? There's a little ramshackle shed on your left. There is a fence on your right. And you, it's so narrow, you probably couldn't even put your arms out like this, mm-hmm, okay? Mm-hmm. If you go south down the little alley, you hit zombies. So you turn around, try to go north, more zombies. Uh-oh. So you have a fence and you have a ramshackle shed on the other side of you. Kim, what do you do and what do they do? Uh, and the, the gun is jammed? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to climb the fence, and while I'm on the fence, I'm going to um, uh, fire throw the shed. Mm. So that's kind of burning, 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 <laughs> and then run away. Okay. Uh, they climb the fence and run away? One point for you. Zero points for them because they go into the fucking ramshackle shed. Mm-hmm. So now I'm like, well, now you're just you're trapped in a fucking in shed. Yeah. And it's like, it's not like a well-built shed. Like you could probably punch through it if you tried really hard. So they're cornered in the fucking shed. And uh, good thing is they're slow zombies. So it's like you mm-hmm. can make mm-hmm. some choices, which is good. Uh. And he actually gives her attitude because it was her idea. And he's like, great. Now we're trapped in a tiny fucking garden shed. And I'm like, I'm with you, dude. So Zombro grabs Chris. She steps up to the plate and torches the zombie like over his shoulder. Now she's grabbed 
but the zombie has sort of broken the wall enough that he's like run so he's like kind of wants her to like almost back out towards the zombie Mm -hmm. and run away he then fucking starts the lawnmower and lawnmowers the zombie's face and i'm like okay back in the house detective cameron coming down off of his rage high shot all of them in the head chris and cynthia shot and fired all the ones outside all the zombros so now all the heads have exploded and the slugs are scurrying off into where do they realize they're headed and why they are headed into the grave of the the under the house mother dens lit house den ladies okay um where that that guy came from okay because he was not the insane asylum person he is from the meteor i don't know or or combined of the two or he was zombied by the slugs from the meteor something something from et people Half a point because they do go under the house, but they don't go under her house. They go under the sorority house and they go under there because of those fucking brains in the jars that are down in the basement. Oh, damn. I forgot about the brains. And this is why you don't keep brains in mason jars because zombie slugs are going to go. Zombies coming for you. They want their brains. So they're going for the brains. Chris and Bruni Cynthia go into the house and they're just staring straight ahead. And Chris is like manned up. Nice. Like he's walking through and he's just like, get out of the house. Get out of the house. Just as he walks past any sorority, he says, get out of the house. And like doesn't break eye contact uh-huh. with like the door to the basement. And Cynthia Bruni is behind him and they head down to the basement. Well, Detective Cameron is already down there with a flashlight. Okay. Detective Cameron has done something. What do you do and what does he do so that no slugs jump into you? Uh, When you say no slugs jump into you, you mean me as Detective Cameron? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. What do I do so no slugs will jump into me? Uh Uh-huh. They like orifice. He has duct taped all of his holes. <laughs> what do you do? I put on a jumpsuit and also duct tape it around my arms and legs oh. and it's more of a bee suit okay suit. a beekeeper suit got it yeah okay duct tape it around me as well it's <laughs> exactly what he fucking does he duct tapes his holes he duct tapes his mouth but i can only assume it's on his butthole as well <laughs> i mean your butthole is just the back door to your mouth <laughs> <laughs> your butthole is definitely the back door to your mouth yeah so 
he fucking <laughs> mouth is the front door buttholes the back door. yeah exactly so he fucking duct tapes his mouth but then like a goddamn idiot he takes it off to talk to them what? and i'm like why did you put it on the first place and we also see that he's got a big old can of kerosene mm. and he's just putting it all what I don't know, like a shadow just went across the wall, like in a way that like, I don't know where it would have came from. Oh, God. <laughs> Weirded me out. Is it your 80s ghost? I hope so. Aw. So detective to love me. He, hello? Hello? So Detective Cameron duct taped his mouth and presumably his butthole, but then takes his mouth, mouth, tape, off. mouth tape off and he's gassing the kerosene in the place. And we see in the corner when he shines the flashlight there's a giant writhing pile of slugs. Oh. Which are all trying to get a brain, we can only assume. Right. Uh, and he rips tape off to say something to them. And then a slug, like, tries no! to jump into his Come mouth. On. And he catches it. And he's like, don't even think about it, you little son of a bitch. And I'm like, there's no time for you to get cute. Like, you just opened your mouth so many times to say that yeah. one-liner to this slug that probably yeah. doesn't speak English. Yeah. So... You just he, need to be like, mm, yeah, it, mm, mm, mm. so we and and make sure your butt's closed the whole yeah. time while you do it. Clench everything. Clench your butt and Close your, your eyes and your, and your ears and be like, ears. yeah. And so he doesn't. He mm-hmm. says it. Mm-hmm. That's how I'm gonna do the whole rep. <laughs> so then he starts counting down from twenty or something. Twenty, nineteen, eighteen. Okay. I'm not gonna do the whole thing. Thank you. Uh, but then Cynthia and Chris are also counting with him as they're running out. Like, basically, he's like, get out of here. I'm going to blow this place up. Mm-hmm. They get out. Mm-hmm. To- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they get out to the street. Right. And Chris is safe from where the explosion is going to be. And he says, three, two, one. Detective. Thrill me. Boom. It explodes. Oh, shit. So it's exploded. All of her friends are dead. Everyone's dead. Everyone's slugged. But Cynthia's still feeling him. So she snuggles with him outside of an explosion and says, nice ducks. <laughs> and then they smooch and sirens come and they're snuggling cheek to cheek. Aww. Not actually cheek to cheek. It was more like cheek to How chest. How of them. Yeah. And snuggle, snuggle, snuggle. Now. What? You chose ending two. Right. Ending two. House is blown up. Sirens are coming. They're snuggling on the street. <gasps> oh. Is that is that Den Mother's little dog? <gasps> Hi. No. She bends down. Slug into the mouth. The end. Wait, what was ending one? I'm going to tell you. Okay. So because you picked that, Cynthia is dead. Right. In that one. You chose her alive. If you had chosen ending one and Cynthia alive, you would have gotten that point. So here's the ending that I watched. I didn't know there was a second ending until I went to Wikipedia. And apparently the ending that I watched is not the ending that was shown in theaters. Interesting. So the ending that I watched, they're snuggling outside of the fire. Okay. Snuggling outside the fire. Hold on. 
and all is well. Cut to police cars driving past a burned up, charred to a crisp, completely black, still smoking a cigarette, detective camera (laughs) walking down the street. Oh, shit. He falls flat on his face, head explodes, slugs everywhere. God damn it. They scurry into a cemetery. Oh, God. Floodlight on the cemetery. Where's the floodlight coming from? A spaceship above it. Looking for their experiment that they lost almost 30 years ago. Okay. The end. They were setting it up for a sequel. But doesn't the other one set it up for a sequel too? Because the slugs are still there. True. Yeah, it does. But I guess they wanted to set it up this way. Because like we literally never see the aliens ever again. Ever, I was confused about that. I was like, what's up with the aliens? We literally never see it again. So it's like, it's kind of this weird like zombie alien thing. Situation? Because all those slugs are zo- are alien yeah. are aliens. aliens. But we just like don't see it. So... I have a feeling mm. that like the they, second one was more alien heavy. Exactly. Yeah. So therefore it's like you that could literally go made through more the, sense. Yeah. You could literally go through the entire movie and like if you miss the first literally two minutes, you don't know where these slugs came from. Yeah. And you don't know why any of this is happening mm. basically. Yeah. All right. Let me count off your points. Hey guys, this is Kat and Kim, and we just want to let you know about our brand new Patreon we just launched. You can find us at www.kimandcatstayalive.com. And you'll also find merch on there. Check out our merch store and follow us on social media at KKSamPodcast. We love you. Bye. Okay. Yes. You got 14 out of 24 points. All right. Uh, you almost got 50% on the dead or alive. I'll take it. I know. I was like, that's good for her. <laughs> uh, I'm sure I killed it on everything else. I basically get 100% yeah, otherwise. You did fine. You did okay. Uh, so I fucking loved this movie. Sounds fun. I, I just. What was really, it called again? <laughs> Night of the Creeps. Night of the Creeps. But it just fucking goes to show. It's like you can have a ridiculous premise and if your acting is, I mean, one tick above mediocre, and it's just going to make your movie better. So what do you say, everybody? Let's just cast good actors. Us. Us. <laughs> That's what we're saying. We're available. Yeah. Uh, it was delightful. I loved Sounds, it. It was really fun. And so what, what I realized later, the guy who plays Chris is the dude from... National Lampoon's Vegas vacation oh. or vacation. It's one of the Russes. One of the Russes. I, I mean, it must the, be Vegas. I think it's the first Russ. But the first Russ is like is a Ethan very Embry? famous person. Ethan Embry is the one of se- them. Vegas is e- Ethan Embry, I think. Okay, then this would be just vacation. But he's, he's Soup's famous too. Is he? He's a famous director now. Something lively. Maybe I'm thinking of someone else. I need I need to look this up immediately yeah. though on the Oh, I was thinking Christmas vacation. 
but just vacation is Anthony Michael Hall. That's what I was thinking. Is Anthony, Anthony Michael, Michael Hall. Hall. Then no. Okay. It's lively something. It's one of the fucking vacations. <laughs> He's definitely a fucking Russ in a vacation. All the Russes in National yeah. Lampoon. We have to figure this out. Maybe he is Vegas vacation. No, that is Ethan Embry. That's Ethan Embry and it's Anthony Michael and Hall. And it's Anthony Michael Hall. Which is who I was thinking of. Okay, Jason Lively. Yes. Which fucking Russ is he? <laughs> Hold on. No, wait, Anthony Michael Hall is not in Christmas Vacation. Anthony Michael Hall is not no, in Christmas Vacation. No, he's in just Vacation. He's in Vacation. Okay. Who the fuck is the Russ in Christmas Vacation? Uh, um, uh, the kid from Roseanne. <gasps> right! Galecki. Yes. So Galecki, Anthony Michael Hall... Ethan Embry. Ethan Embry and Jason Lively, who is in National Lampoon's European Vacation. European Vacation. I don't know. Did anyone see it? Yeah. I mean, I did. I recognized him. So, And now he's like a famous director. Good for you. Listen to Kim and my other podcast, which is National Lampoon Vacation. All the Russes. All the Russes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I would actually... Love doing that podcast. What have we just talked about the rest? Oh my god! How long? I bet we could go on for a long. We could go on for a while. A dumb amount of time talking about the rest. That would be great. Christmas vacation. That would be so. I fucking love those movies. As long as we did it with no research or research as it happens, just being like, "Who's the rest in this?" And then we talk about our feelings. Oh my god, I love it. Uh, so yeah, that was a movie. That was fun. It was great. I would love to watch it with you drunk one night. Okay, I'm in because the detective Cameron one-liners. I'm drunk right now. Just Let's watch great. It Goodbye. We're going to watch it right now. <laughs> I still have a 48 hour rental on it. <laughs> uh, I guess that's it. This so, was a long one. you guys. Um, if you could please subscribe to our podcast yeah. and rate and review. And then um, we have a Patreon and some merch if you want to buy them. And yeah. then we're on social media at KK Sam podcast. And guys, I do the things. I'm going to I'm going to plug us for a second. Our fucking bone con on our Patreon is worth a couple bucks a month. Because Bonus content. We bone con. We we well, we're us, but then also you can see us, and then also we just do dumb, weird shit on video on camera. Give us a couple bucks, and you can see. And we it. do actually do the research into the things that we talk about on this every time. Where we're like, "What is that?" Right. It's different in that way, in that we do research for this one. Uh, so yeah, if the thing that annoys you the most about us in our regular episodes is how little research we do, then come join us over at Patreon where we do the thing that you love the most is the dumb, stupid (laughs) jokeness. Yeah. Come get more of that. Really? I mean, honestly, Patreon is for you. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But also any other reason it's for you. I don't know. Yeah. There's probably other reasons that people want to do it. Um, cool. Uh, uh, thank you so much for listening. We love you. Uh, this has been Kim and Kat Stay Alive. Maybe. So until next week, stay alive. Don't get slugged. Thrill me. Doug? Put a ghost in me. I'm, I'm done. done. <laughs>